friends, you're listening to Mess and Magic. A safe place for women to explore the mess we encounter on this beautiful journey called life and celebrate how we've turned those into magical moments. I'm Destiny. And I'm Victoria. And in each episode, we'll impact topics around spiritual elevation, self-exploration, relationships of all kinds, career, and everything else in between. So grab a journal. And your sage. And let's dive in. Hello, soul friends. Hey, soul friends. It's <laughs> Destiny Taylor. And it's Victoria Janelle Wright. Mm-hmm. And you are listening to episode Dose of mess and magic. Ooh, smooth. Yeah, it's harmonizing. Uh, Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, episode two. Yes. Today we are talking about beauty. Mm. Beauty routines or rituals. Beauty rituals. Yes, and vanity. Yeah. Is it shallow? Is it? I don't know. I don't I don't think it's shallow. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna explore that. Yes. Today. And we'll be talking about some amazing iconic women who are known for their beauty routines mm. and their rituals and how they show up up. Mrs. Dita Von Teese, who is still here with us today. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Grace Jones. There's also the Marilyn Monroe and Dorothy Dandridge effect. Yes, rest in peace to both of those yes. beauty and style and just all over pop culture icons. Mm-hmm. Um, me. Yeah, let's let's dive right in. I think first, mm-hmm. like maybe just pay homage to um, the late Dorothy Dandridge and mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe for um, their their style, their beauty, their mm-hmm. their timelessness and their outspokenness, mm-hmm. um, especially during time where it really wasn't cool for women to be outspoken and to mm-hmm. have a stance and to to maybe be a little uh, risque. Yes. Um, and I mean that in a very much so way. It's just like they just they took a stand. They mm-hmm. they were confident and they definitely put themselves out there. Yes. Um, and one of those ways that they really did make an impact and. Um, a, a rebellion against the status quo was through their their outward beauty mm-hmm. and how they decided to show up and also mm-hmm. the allyship there between yeah. Marilyn and Dorothy Dandridge is we're not speaking of that today but if you don't know I would highly look into that and also look into um, their personal lives and how despite how they showed up in the media and in movies iconic films they definitely had a battle of self-love and worthiness and community Mm. yeah yeah definitely yeah that i think we all go through something similar today but we have community we have resources it's normalized to be vocal about the personal struggles that we're having and to find help yeah almost more so if you're choosing to not speak about it you might be exasperating the the problem Mm -hmm. in a sense more than helping it um and it's not to to say um what anyone should do in terms of how they choose to share and vulnerability and like you am definitely here to say that you don't have to put your whole story on social media yeah and you don't have to put it on social media no, at all but you don't. there's a reason that we have a community there's a reason that we have family and loved ones and whether that family be a close friend or a mother or a sister or a cousin it's very important to recognize the people who love us, who are in our love circle, who we can lean on in times of struggle and despair, which yes. we, we all have. We all have. Yes. Mm-hmm. And Victoria's one of my friends in my love circle who I lean on <laughs> when I do need a word, but actually I am taking it upon myself to realize that my friend is not my therapist. <laughs> she, <laughs> she has her own things, which obviously I am a person for her as well, 
who's in her love circle and she can come to me anytime and she knows and um, I am here to offer an ear and offer my heart whenever she needs it but yeah I am currently in the process of looking for searching for a therapist yes and yes but mm -hmm. vice versa like I love how much I can talk to you Thank and you. how open and vulnerable I can be with you and um, if there's anybody out there who does not feel like they have that in their lives and start opening up and mm -hmm. and you know re reaching out to people you know intuitively you're feeling like you can trust and you feel good around you feel good energy around and mm -hmm. and watch um really awesome connections happen back to yes. the topic beauty 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 and vanity is it shallow yes. you're saying you don't believe that it's shallow no no and i it was bringing up the um marilyn monroe and, and dorothy just because um they just were honestly they're icons right and mm -hmm. so a lot of times when we think of just beauty in general we might have certain icons pop into our heads um to me they just immediately embody that old hollywood kind of glamour and that mm -hmm. that classiness so yeah. graceful so effortless effortless yes and just majestic about it yeah just, and it's really cool and yeah. it's really cool mm -hmm. and so now we're in this um society of course no one's really a stranger to social media mm -hmm. um of course instagram which i think has been like the best amount of kind of pushing forward this idea of image social media mm -hmm. and, and really using pictures as a form of worth, uh, currency, conversation. You know, um, now it's just like your picture is worth everything. And mm -hmm. so there's a lot of magic that comes with beauty and mm -hmm. your beauty routine, um, how in the image that you choose to present to the world and of course there can also be some mess that can come with it too mm -hmm. and maybe it's not some like good feelings that come from too much of an emphasis on our outward appearance and yeah uh i think also too just you mentioned still that kind of old hollywood glamour um dita von Teese, and yeah. she's kind of drawn that into the modern world with her um her view or she creation is, of pinup, she is right? a, a a full embodiment mm -hmm. of is, was that is that time the 20s yeah i think pin, i think pinup pin culture was yeah a big part of the 20s. 20s yeah yeah she is a full embodiment i watched a mini documentary breaking down the femininity uh, the feminine quality of dita vontis and she's iconic and she's known for really embodying that 20s pinup style. And some people can say, oh, Dita Vontis isn't feminine because she has done Playboy and she's a burlesque dancer. I am a sole believer that femininity is whatever the hell a woman wants it to be <laughs> and calls it feminine. But she's a highly feminine woman, even by just the way she presents herself. But she's a full embodiment of her beauty routine and her mm -hmm. beauty ritual like the 20s is not just her hair it's not just her makeup it's not just her mannerisms and the way she dresses her home her home is retro decked out 20 style i even read something that she, so dita von Teese is much like marilyn monroe where she does her own makeup she does her own hair and she's her own stylist mm -hmm. she does it all she hired a stylist once <laughs> And she fired them instantly when they looked at this pair of vintage, amazing little kitten pumps she had and said they would look great with jeans. Dita Von Teese does not wear jeans. <laughs> and she's not. She's so dedicated to her beauty routine. She knows what she likes and what, what looks good on her and what makes her feel sexy and like most like herself. And jeans are not it. So when that stylist recommended that she wear jeans, she was like, uh-uh, you don't know me. You can't help me. <laughs> Bye. And I never, she never hired another one. But this is actually a conversation I really wanted to have because I am a person who I am heavily embedded into my beauty routine mm -hmm. and my beauty rituals. And I spend a lot of times, even on my days where I'm sitting at home alone, I make sure I take time 
for my beauty routine. Even from what you were saying, skincare is so important to me now because I'm not wearing makeup and I haven't worn makeup in a really long time because my skin has been acting crazy. But it's to the point, I'm gonna tell you a little secret. So since I don't wear makeup, I, I do wear mascara. Um, lashes and mascara is part of one of my beauty part of my beauty ritual that's something that will not waver i need to have nice lashes on that it makes my eyes pop it makes me look flirty more playful and that's very important to me i use oil like i girl i'll do, i'll like do my skin care routine and i even i put oil on the high points of my face and like on my brow bone and my cheekbones my t-zone area because i even want to look even more glowy more dewy like i have like a highlighter on i make sure i put on my lip gloss i make sure i put on my brow gel even like right now i just have my hair in this bun you guys can't see but i make sure i twirl my <laughs> edges every morning and i pick out my outfit even this morning i just have a tank top on and some very chill pants this is an outfit that i picked out that i looked in the mirror and i was like this look good my face look good i threw on my earrings my nose ring and the way I the way I present myself even when I'm at home alone that's so important to me because my beauty routine my beauty rituals the way I dress myself my appearance really empowers me it yeah. makes me feel good and it, it allows me to show up as my most authentic self if I wake up and I don't brush my teeth the first thing in the morning or shower I don't feel good <laughs> like if I just throw on a pair of shorts and a a t-shirt and I didn't put any thought in it I'm I'm not going to feel like myself because it wasn't curated it was just thrown together I don't do anything just thrown together right, right. Um, so for me beauty routines and I started calling them rituals because it's very therapeutic for me and I know my children are gonna look at me and they're gonna be like oh remember mom used to do this <laughs> I remember my mom would just sit in the mirror and just you know what I mean? It's definitely going to be something that I'm known for by my family who sees me um, live my day. So. Yeah. And so like, yeah, going off like a family because um, so my mom would always put on red lipstick. I don't know when she specifically started wearing red lipstick. I do know my grandmother always wore red lipstick, too. Mm -hmm. And I think there was something about like, well, the color of red and and is powerful. It's confident um, in terms of what it emits, and so that's probably why they did wear it. Um, I'm guessing back in like you know the '60s and stuff, like in '50s, like cool. That's when. My mom was born in the 50s. Well, I, I just aged my mom. <laughs> Love you, mom. But, you know, like in the 60s when she was growing up and like, yeah. you know, the 50s when my grandma was like, you know, I guess, would that be her prime? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I guess red was. I can't talk about my grandmother's or my mother's age like that because they would like call me and try to slap me through the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, yo, like, uh -huh. you know, but yeah. black don't crack. So. It really don't. Yeah. I, my grandmother was telling me she was 30 and I'm pretty sure she was 60 at the time. <laughs> Just and like, I believe she was 30. <laughs> and we're going to be like, cool, you know yeah. what? Because the beauty, what you embody, and it's like, yeah, the red mm -hmm. lipstick does do something. And I have to say. Were they your first style, your first style icons? Did you look at that and was like, mm. oh, wow, like there's something about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, my mom was definitely like my first style icon. Mm -hmm. um, I guess like just like familial, you know, looking up and being like, oh, like. I'd be like, cool, I wanna I wanna put on red lipstick and stuff like mm -hmm. mommy and like Aww. Yeah, and yeah. all that. Um I would always go through her jewelry box mm -hmm. and like try to wear jewelry. I begged her like for um a nose piercing for the longest. Now she didn't have a nose piercing, she didn't want me to really get one, but like mm -hmm. when I turned sixteen, she was like, Cool, so you stop asking me. Like, get go cool, go ahead and get it. Um and I don't remember who exactly made me want to get a nose ring in, like mm -hmm. in celebrity culture. I'm trying to really think like who are my style icons like Aaliyah was one for the longest. Like I, I really wanted my hair to be just like Aaliyah 
And my stylist would always laugh and be like, girl, I'm not putting a weave in your hair. I, I, had to, like I was dedicated <laughs> to my Aaliyah side bang for a good two years. <laughs> yes. Two years. I used to do speaking of beauty routines, which we'll talk about more later. Like I always did my own hair. And I remember going to the beauty supply store and I'd get like these free trists. Sin- <laughs> it was the human bland hair. And I would get three different. I would get like a, a 20 inch in the back. I put an 18 in the front. Yes. The 20 inch would be like a four, a three color or something like that. And then I have like a 18 inch in the front and I just glue that shit on. That's <laughs> like perfect. It was, it looked, it looked fine. It, it looks fine. Girl, Aaliyah inspired <laughs> a lot. Was, yeah. But then Rihanna came on the scene. Don't get me started on her. And it's like, like, finally, it's okay for me to change my hair like every week. Mm -hmm. And that's when I found Ricky. Um, My sister was going to him. And then like everybody in my family always got roped into the same stylist eventually. Mm -hmm. And so then I went to him and then my mom started going to him. And Ricky was so dope because like he was down for whatever cause. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would come in one day Ricky it's time for the asymmetrical bob this is what Rihanna you. wore he'd be like oh perfect actually he would open the drawer <laughs> and pull out this like random ass wig piece that was blonde and says I have an idea let's put platinum in the front I said cool cool yes. <laughs> oh honey cool you know yes yeah. and then the next week I'd be like Ricky Rihanna cut okay cool mm-hmm. and then I did the pixie cut and then it's like okay I don't want to do the pixie cut anymore Boom, we're gonna do this quick weave and we're gonna, you know, put something back and make yourself a long bob. Oh, you wanna grow natural? Like, whatever. whatever he, was it was, he was down. Yeah. yeah. And it was cool just because, like, you know, I don't know how it was when you were going to high school, but like when, when I was in high school, it was not cool to go natural and it was also not cool to change your hair a lot. Like, the whole showing up with a different hairstyle every week was not cool and i went ham in high school they they thought i was a straight weirdo like i had i was wearing box braids again because i had watched poetic justice and i said (laughs) i want my hair like that i remember i went to school with box braids (laughs) and this was 2009 i don't know they all laughed at me you know the funny they was literally pointing and laughing at me the funny thing is though the next week why did bitches come through with box braids? Everybody had box braids. But yeah, I feel you. I shaved my head. I dyed my hair red. Girl, I did everything. Everything. And my outfit, my clothing too. Like I had a pinup style. <laughs> I, I used to wear tights with combat boots and shorts. <laughs> but at the same time, I would put a scarf on. Yo. <laughs> and it's just like, and you know, it's like, this is going to work. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. It was experimented exactly it was it was all fun and Mm -hmm. games until you know um people checked you for it and stuff Mm -hmm. and calling you bald-headed i didn't care man i was an icon i was like rihanna (laughs) (laughs) this is me this is me (laughs) i'm different i'm like lady gaga (laughs) yeah i'm like yeah let me let me be different i think i i actually loved being different in high school and i i used to do very odd things with my Mm -hmm. style and anytime somebody would mock me, I would have to completely change it. Because I, <laughs> I just wanted to feel like an individual. Yeah. It was important to me. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, and that stuff that it's important and it follows you. It's interesting now because it's like, I go back and I'm just like, oh shit, like I was I was rocking that. Like, mm-hmm. even though, you know, y'all made fun of me sometimes. It was like, I was still looking cute. I was looking cute. You y'all know? was hating. Yeah, and it's like now it is, you are the dopest person if you show up knowing how to do mm-hmm. all the different styles. You better have a new wig every week, you Period. know? Like, I don't know what you're doing if you don't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I digress, I really, it's really not to say like, it, yeah. like I, Everyone is fine, however you wear your hair. But just yeah. just seeing how quickly, it's almost just like, you know, all the hipster black kids and the kids who watched anime and, you know, play video games and stuff who were all called nerds are now like getting paid millions and mm-hmm. regarded as sex symbols. Um, Donald Glover. Yeah. And so it's just like, so it's interesting to see how beauty has transformed from what we, you know, emulated um, when we were kids yeah. and when I we were I do want to share my style icons. Yes, Because I had, please. like, a very interesting journey. Yes. So I grew up just interested in everything because my mom and my grandmother are so radically different. Mm-hmm. Like, people don't understand me when they see me because I am a mixture of my mom and my grandmother. Like, oh, you're very... What's a word my friend used to... A friend of mine described me as passe. 
the other day, which is just like very like, oh, like prissy, like high class, like, ooh, ah. But at the same time, I have hella piercings and I have hella tattoos. So the passe-ness that somebody would see in me is my grandmother, Mm -hmm. who is very, she was the number one icon to me. She was wearing long stiletto nails. Like her nails were just naturally really long and thick. And they were always painted red. She always did them herself. I remember I would walk in her room and she'd just be painting her nails. It was red nails, red lips, gold jewelry, and a short haircut. And by the way, my grandmother is like a power, like the, (laughs) she is a, she was powerful femme before powerful femme was, um, popular like she's lesbian she is a high earning executive and she has been since she was like 40 and she just really is an icon period all the way always had her ralph lauren on (laughs) like she would have her little her little golf scarf on and she was just very prissy to the point where not prissy passe to the (laughs) point where and you know me and my sisters were very like Gary and Deanna, um, so she would try to always correct us for the way we spoke. And we'd be like, Granny, we are around family. We are not showing up like that. So now, like, if you meet my grandmother, she's not as like ooh ah as she used to be, which is funny. But anyway, so I digress. That's my grandmother, um, and I do carry that with me. But also, my mother was the type. She was a very young mom, so. My mom grew up dressed like Christina Aguilera and dirty. <laughs> and it was so itchy. Like, I remember my mom was just known for being this big booty lady. And she would always get out of the car and she had her have her like lower back tattoo showing. Uh, and she, my mom has tattoos all over her body. She's pierced up dreadlocks. And when she just get out of the car, all the men be like, woo, woo. And I'm like, mom, get in the car. She would come to my parental meetings just dressed like <laughs> she Yo. looked amazing i i loved my mom but she didn't look like her typical mom they'd be like this your mama <laughs> like, yeah. I yes i have a very hot mom and she has hella <laughs> tattoos she tatted like a biker gang yeah and like piercing so uh, definitely my love for piercings and tattoos comes from my mom and Also, my spirituality comes from my mom and my love for my natural hair comes from my mom. But also, at the same time, my grandmother, who I highly admire and adore, just the very highly feminine parts about me. Because the thing about my mom is she never wore makeup. She Mm. was so beautiful, but she never wore makeup. And if she did, it was not a lie. And she didn't care to get her nails or anything done. She was just very natural, very beautiful. And my grandmother was just the opposite. So my desire to be clean cut, always have my nails done and always have my skin together, always have my fragrance. Mm-hmm. And, all, and my grandmother taught me about the importance of a fragrance. Like always have your your signature yes. fragrance done. Yes, and then <laughs> like, and don't mix it. Like my mom would be like, oh my gosh, do not mix your perfumes because you're gonna end up smelling like, I don't know, just don't, just don't do it. I think she would always explain it like, um, like the very like little, I guess, like old, old, old women who would like, you know, it's like we just put on way too much perfume and just like super sweet. But, you know, you know, that like send you walk past and you're like, whoa, whoa let me stay away from that woman. Yeah. 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 Scent is so important. It is. We're going to go into beauty routines. But yeah, it was my mom is <laughs> my grandmother. I also was heavily influenced by pop culture so much. So Janet Jackson. Nelly Furtado. Oh, oh my, my god. god Nelly. Oh my god. I kiss her name is slipping slipping black eyed peas. Oh, Fergie. Fergie Fergie. <laughs> I, I loved me some Fergie. Am Anne Marie Nebia. Sierra. No. Yeah, Sierra. <laughs> Sierra was definitely an influence. Cause, oh my god. Yeah. yeah, a lot of those a lot of those women, um, what I think attracted me to them was like they had this very like natural ass thing. And mm-hmm. I think that like with my mom, she only wore red lipstick. Like my mom had really, really, really beautiful skin. And so like she would always wear like her red lipstick and she never wore any other type of makeup. And um it was just like her presence that was like really dope. She would she was like queen of like pantsuits and stuff because mm-hmm. she was um 
she worked uh, in corporate as well and it was just like i don't know it was just like kind of like a natural as power mm-hmm. and it's kind of interesting because then like with my grandmother um she always wore dresses so it was like a different kind of femininity you know mm-hmm. it's just like i guess i've always been looking like you know and like when I was growing up, like always was kind of looking as a way to kind of like blend it mm-hmm. a little bit with, with, with also like this kind of innate feeling of wanting to do things that I, my family did see as kind of rebellious. So mm-hmm. like I wanted, I knew I wanted to get the tattoos. I knew I wanted to get like the, the piercings. Um, I was, when the natural hair movement started, I just always knew, like, I really kind of, like, want to try it. Like, something Mm -hmm. about it just seems right. Like, there's always a bit of, like, bohemianness in me. Mm -hmm. And I hate the, like, because natural hair, it doesn't have to be bohemian. But just, like, some of the the style that I was attracted to, it was always kind of looking to kind of merge that sort of, like, lax, not lackadaisical, but, like, kind of natural-esque quality with something that was, like, very femme. Um... And then Zoe Kravitz kind of mm-hmm. came around and started like, and here's this girl and she was like grungy. She was also black. Like for God's sakes, her parents, mm-hmm. like look at her parents were. And it's just like, but then she was also, you know, on Chanel makeup covers mm-hmm. and, you know, doing things for YSL and like somehow blending like this kind of like bohemian sort of like grunge, but also the things were very femme. And I was like, oh, like shit, like, I see it like embodied. So Mm -hmm. yeah, thanks Zoe. I really love like bathing myself. And and, and when I mean that, like, I mean like really taking like proper care. I'm very, very particular about the body wash that I choose. Mm -hmm. I I love um, really good um, um, loofahs and um, scrubbers. I have like, a glycolic wash that um, I really like. I, I forgot the body. name of it. Yeah. Is, so it has to be amazing for exfoliating. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. Skin. Yes. Ooh. I love having really soft skin and I That's love really must. smelling good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I always like it to feel natural. Like I, I just want it to feel as, as uh, natural as possible, even down to like out. I know I told you guys earlier not to mix perfumes, but I, the only sense I do mix is I will mix, I will put um, a perfume on top of an essential oil mm-hmm. and only because, um, so your perfume, because of the alcohol that it has in it, it's made to sit on the skin while the essential oil more so might slough off within the day, um, which is totally fine. It's an oil fragrance, so uh, it should naturally kind of like dissolve within the day based upon like how much you sweat and mm-hmm. all that. Um, while perfume would be a little different. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, and, and also too, like you can put your perfume on, um, certain areas where based upon the pheromones that you emit or just how you sweat Mm -hmm. or like where pulsing or rubbing will happen. Yeah. It'll give you more of a original scent. Mm -hmm. So I remember I was in Sephora one day, um, it's, it's the one in Chelsea and I was just waiting. I was in between um, waiting for my shift to happen at work. Mm-hmm. And I guess the guy was like, he was in a good mood, but also had a lot of time on his hands because he was like, let me show you where you're supposed to put your perfume so nobody else is going to have your scent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, tell, tell me. me. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. So it's like, I remember correctly, um, right at like the, not the nape of the neck, but like actually like, yeah, yeah, right under your hairline. And so it like kind of gets into like your scalp a little bit Mm -hmm. and your hair. And you know, you think of all the oils that travel through there, it kind of melds with, um, with those, um, right behind your knees. Um, and like the little crease between where your calf meets your thigh. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a new one. Yeah. Also, um, in between where your forearm beats your upper arm. Mm-hmm. So that little crease right there. Behind your, or in front of your elbow. Yeah, yeah. exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And then um, you can, I, I think most people, some people already do this, but it's yeah. like in between your cleavage. But that, that, that one in between your cleavage, mm-hmm. your skin right there is so thin and sensitive. Watch out for Ooh. the alcohol level. Smart. In the um, sense that you're using. Mm-hmm. And also make sure you don't have any allergies i used to put rubbing oil right there when i was younger and i literally 
I had the worst allergic reaction and it stayed for like two years. Oh, Jesus. Mm-hmm. It was like dark and crusty and I was scared it wasn't going to go away. <laughs> oh my gosh. So be careful y'all mm-hmm. because it's hard out here. Um, yeah. And you can also put it, it won't, I guess, I don't know if it'll necessarily improve the chemistry or alter the chemistry of the smells, mm-hmm. but um, I one thing I learned early on is any places of friction. So between your thighs, mm. um, like not in your armpit, but, but just like, like right the, under. the skin, yeah, yeah, anywhere where friction will happen, that'll help pulse out your scent. So when you're like walking past someone, it'll put it Ooh, out. To- <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that is. Oh, I will, yes. I will think about yes. that. Putting, yeah, I do like putting the essential oils, um, like right underneath my armpit. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel like that helps me stay a little fresher. fresher. Yeah, <laughs> I can't put it right. I have such sensitive skin. It'll burn and it won't smell good. <laughs> yeah. And I also like to, I don't like perfumes. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you guys what scent I use because a lady, lady never shares her scent. I think that's something that should be very personal. So like if I'm going out, I, I also always have multiple scents at my home. And then if I have a friend come over and they're like, oh, you got some perfume. I never give them the per- my original scent. I don't let anyone use my the scent, mm-hmm. my main scent. I mean, sometimes I do. But like if we're going out or somewhere where I and I mentioned earlier, like I like to feel like an individual like yeah. myself, you know, I'll keep my personal scent to myself. All right, guys, wanted to give a shout out to a very special black owned business. I, yes, I had the pleasure to discover a couple of weeks ago for Sunday brunch. Ooh, brunch. Um, Yes, I was there with our girl V, Veronica VCR Mm -hmm. as well. She's a musician. So also give her a shout out. Hey, hey. Uh, Yes. And our friend Adrian. um, And the place is called My Two Cents LA. So for all you LA um, residents. You have to go. This place is so freaking good. What did you order? Okay. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. (laughs) So I had the um, shrimp and grits, which is one of my favorite dishes. dishes. So good. Can we make shrimp and grits tonight? Yes. Mm -hmm. I got the shrimp and grits. So good. So good. It was just like, uh, I, I forgot the name of the chef, but the chef, is also the owner, um, black woman, just whip smart, so talented. It's so good. It was so good. They also, my friend had the catfish. Um, they have mac and cheese. So just like really great Southern um, style things. Dishes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the staff is absolutely great as well. Um, man, it's just, it's just so good and super affordable too. Also, it's BYOB. So if you want yes. it. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And they have um, these really great like um, lemonade drinks, too. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, I, I just had it. Um, just the juice was so good. But I could only imagine if I, you know, had gone and gotten like a bottle of champagne and mm-hmm. mixed, mixed it. it. That'll be for next time. Yeah. So, yes. So my two cents, L.A., um, Could you shout out the address? It's in Mid City off of Pico, I believe. Um, well, that's like very close. That's around the corner yeah, from where we are right now. It's super close. It's super close. Um, let me just uh, try to find their address. Y'all, they got oxtails too. Barbecue fried chicken. Oh, honey. Gosh. Oh, honey, honey. I can't find the freaking address. It's okay. We know it's in Mid-City. Mid-City, off of Pico, I believe. But my number two cents, um, delicious food. You guys have to go. If you live in L.A., if you're visiting, go. And if you're thinking about going to L.A. now, I just gave you a reason to. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. I do think that my beauty routine and my style, it definitely does encompass who I am. Like... I learned from a very young age because I was always soft-spoken mm-hmm. and I didn't really like to speak to people too much. So, for instance, when I started wearing Freetress Catron, people didn't see any. People saw my big hair before they saw me, and they gravitated towards mm-hmm. my hair. You know, when I took that away, even when I I had a difficult time when I took that away as an adult because I was like, man, this is a conversation starter. This is how everyone comes to me. She's getting the sage. The messy part of it. The messy part of it. But the magic of it was I realized that that wig 
is twenty three dollars, twenty eight dollars on Girl. on Amazon. It's magical. Is- but when I took it away, I had to realize, like, damn, not damn. I did say damn at a moment. Yeah. But I I really had to really pay attention to other parts of my style like okay what's gonna help me show up so people can gravitate towards me Mm -hmm. and when i took away that big wig that honestly i could wear whatever i wanted and people would look any type of way and people would be (laughs) gravitated towards me yeah like looking a hot mess so when i took that away first off i realized like my natural power i also realized that i was blessed to be very tall and have broad shoulders and just have a a physical presence so once i figure out what and it's more so about what can i wear to attract people Mm -hmm. but okay how can i step into this power that god has blessed me with yeah i would usually walk into a room and i would want to hide away the wig made me feel very raw when i took it off because it you know it covered me up yeah yeah you know i had it on so when i took it off i felt very vulnerable and it had to be me controlling these conversations that i'm having So when I took it away, I was able to step into my power through the way that I dress. Okay, so what makes me feel most sexy? What makes me feel so sen- most sensual, which is what we were talking about in the first episode, how my sensuality and my sexuality is so important to me. So no, I'm not walking around. I don't have big boobs, so I don't have a lot of cleavage. <laughs> but what makes me feel sexy and confident? Exactly. And I really had to pay attention to that. And also makeup too. Like mm-hmm. we can we can have a whole nother podcast on this, but my makeup is very strategic. Like especially when it comes out, I haven't done it lately. But when it comes to me wanting to go out and attract a partner, I mean I'm young and I'm single, and I can do that. Um, for anyone who has an yeah. issue with women going out and wanting to have fun and wanting to attract men, but I do. I wear blush because it makes me look more feminine i do wear lashes because it makes me look more feminine and playful i do um the the way i wear my highlighter you know highlighter there are different types of highlighters the one that i wear gives me more of a natural do because that makes you look very young and fleshy and i like the lip gloss that i wear sometimes i'll wear like a red flush lip gloss but even with the regular lip gloss i wear blush and lip gloss like that makes it seem like blood is rushing to your body which for some reason is a turn on it you think of sex blood rushing so yeah no i i definitely think that it's it's important how you learn to differentiate yourself from your hair Mm -hmm. um because it can be difficult when so much emphasis is placed on on beauty and an image and i think maybe this is where it can get kind of like tricky right mm-hmm. um the and, mess of it the mess of it the mess honey <laughs> get the stage burn some sage big burst of sage, Here, of sage. I, you were talking so i'll just oh I'll no just sage you know i'm burning it i'm burning Burn is there the anything that you um took away from your beauty or your mm-hmm. style that made you feel raw that you felt like you were hiding under um, yeah, for a long time. I mean, in high school, um, a lot of the reasons, too, I think, why I... There was a part of me that loved to change up my style because, like, it was cool. Because I didn't want to conform to just a certain mm-hmm. image mm-hmm. quite yet. Yeah. I didn't want to. And I thought, like, when Rihanna came up here, it was like, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm wear this and this and this. Mm-hmm. It was like, Which, thank you, Rhi. Yes. It oh wasn't necessarily the styles that I was so drawn <clears throat> to. It was her freedom. She came yeah. up there. And one day, she was grunge and rock hard because she put out rated r and the next in the next album she um was loud so the red mm-hmm. and like kool-aid red hair and yes. i was just like fuck yeah like it was that freedom it was that like fearlessness that i was really attracted to mm-hmm. um and so i think it was using like the hair as a vessel through that and then you know when i went to college and i just had to reprioritize a little bit um mm-hmm. in terms of how often i could go to a stylist so that changed exactly like what i wanted to do i had to get a little more privy with doing my own hair mm-hmm. which 
I wasn't so like good at I could I could cut like a wig into a style that I wanted to but like actually working with my own hair mm -hmm. was difficult and so I had to become comfortable with just myself mm -hmm. um when I first went natural I did not like my natural hair I I just I I didn't like it um you know a lot of a lot of black women will understand the, a lot of the pain and just like the microaggressions. Well, I, I, fuck that. It's not a microaggression. It's a full out on attack, mm -hmm. um, and and colorism too, um, because of one what can happen. Or texturism. Texturism. Yes, and you know having nappy hair versus good hair, mm -hmm. and sometimes I would be I would have like such nervousness going to stylists um, when I was in college because. I was really afraid what a stylist would say about my hair in its natural state and you know they didn't grow up with my hair and mm -hmm. um yeah that that made me really nervous too um so yeah it took a lot of of going inward and self-love and learning to like love my hair regardless of how it was and it's just like you know and also even you know I laugh about like fuck I don't want to know what to do about the shortcut and it's mm -hmm. And it's, I, I think there is maybe still a part that's like, who, okay, if I, if I get my hair this way, you know, it's not just having a relaxer that maybe makes it convenient because the relaxer is really not convenient. Mm -hmm. I, I can't, I will not, and I don't want to do chemicals at home by myself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every four to six weeks, there is a state of vulnerability that I'm in of having to find someone to mm -hmm. do this process. Which I used to perm my own hair. Girl, you're going to have to teach me because I just, mm -hmm. I have I have a lot of resistance to mm -hmm. it. And so I think there is a part of me that has to say, like, cool, if you're not able to straighten it, you know, on such and such day, um, understanding that, like, your hair is still beautiful in its mm -hmm. natural state. And um, and so I think maybe that's why I'm like, you know what, fuck it. Yeah, let's let's cut it. Mm -hmm. Let's do the damn thing and let's not put chemicals in it, because like, mm -hmm. you know, in a sense, I think maybe that's why I don't want to chemically alter it, because there's a part of me that wants to just feel all this love and beauty in all of my mm -hmm. natural state. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not to say I, I don't want to take anything out of context into the choice that black women have when it comes to their agency over their body, including what they choose to do with their hair. Mm -hmm. um, because it really doesn't matter it's just if a, it's not harming you. Yeah, it, it's it's whatever whatever you feel is right for you is right for you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's just like I love I love doing makeup, too. Mm -hmm. I feel really, really confident when I do my makeup and yes, someone's especially put on yeah. some concealer yeah because i don't want nobody to know how tired i be oh, or how late and i the be bacon up. and stuff the bacon. It, <laughs> i'm telling yes. you when i when i'm fly from head to toe you cannot tell me nothing i mean Girl. i'm fly from head to toe regardless we all are but Boop. but when i put all of the effort into that when I when I gotta go to an event, honey, <laughs> when I gotta put on a new outfit and do all this, I just feel you can't tell me nothing. Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> and then when someone gives you the compliment, you like, thank you, because you did it all thank yourself. You. It's right. just like these hands. I'm talented. Yeah, it's like I did and that's the the whole reason why I wanted to have this conversation because there is so much power in women owning their beauty routine. And I feel that now we're more so we're more so promoting on social that hey beauty rituals and caring the, about the way that you look and your makeup and all this right there's nothing wrong with that you should do that but there was this time where it was like in our previous ep episode we talked about body augmentation although that was accepted i want my woman to not wear makeup I want my woman to not wear weave, not wear fake nails, and in tune with men saying that vocally on social, we perceive that as like, oh, like, you know, those of us who do fit that description, they're like, that's me. 
uh-uh, if that's not you, then <laughs> boop, boop. And then for us who don't fit that description, we're just like, oh man, like, I don't feel comfortable without my makeup because there was a time when we didn't. Or like, I'm not about to go out and wear my natural hair. You know what I'm saying? We felt we felt bad and we, we thought that investing in our beauty routines and our hair and our nails and caring about the way we looked made us shallow and lesser than. But hell no, I found so much pride and power in owning my beauty routine. Just me knowing that I know how to groom myself and show up in the best mm -hmm. way possible. And I can do it at any moment, head to toe. You know, I can do it at any moment. Um, it's so powerful. You know, yeah. that's a tool, you know, and there's so much power to be found in that. And I think it's important, especially for black women to know how to do that for themselves, mm -hmm. especially mm -hmm. when we become older and when we talk about us having families and becoming mothers and where our priorities are different as far as what we can invest in. If we know how to present ourselves, the, if we know how to, do our hair, do our makeup, dress ourselves, and we can show up like that every day while we're saving up for children's education and doing all that, that's so powerful, you know what I'm saying? And be able to do it on our own time and our own dime versus having to pay someone, work with someone else's schedule, run into the beauty supply store <laughs> while our kids are here. You know what I'm saying? We, we hear about so many mothers and um, home caretakers and wives who just can't maintain themselves because they don't have the time or they can't invest in it, you know? So I think it's so important, especially for black women to mm -hmm. own that. And that's within our fabric to do that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is there is there anything that you would say you, because I know you talked about your hair mm -hmm. um, with, with that specific way but is there anything else like within your your beauty routine like past present um where you had felt like you had to uh take apart to mm -hmm. uncover like your real self definitely my makeup because mm -hmm. i at a point i'm telling you it was so bad because one i grew up with flawless skin you know black don't crack black don't crack don't which crack. is still not cracked i have amazing skin but I don't know what happened where I went from having smooth, non-textured skin. I didn't have a pimple. And if I had one, I could literally pop it and it'd be gone. <laughs> like I just had amazing smooth skin to going to college. And I don't know if it was stress, but my skin freaked out. I had pimples for the first time. And I, I would pick up my skin and then moving out here... I, my skin has gone through some crazy-ish, you know? So being able to show up like this and feel 100% beautiful and feel sexy without any makeup on is so powerful for me because I would definitely hide behind my makeup. You know, when, you, when you're a person who does your makeup and you contour your nose, your cheekbones, you do the highlighting and all that, you look different. Yeah. You look like an Instagram filter, a Snapchat mm -hmm. filter. You don't, you know... We don't look like that every single day. So taking off that makeup and then being able to see like, oh, my nose is wider. Like, I really don't have any cheekbones. My face is just round. You got like, cheekbones. Thank you. You got I mean, cheekbones. Th but they're not popping how they, you know, I look different. I look different than I do in my photos. And I'm, I'm beautiful now and I'm beautiful when I do that too. But I think when you see yourself in perfection, because I look perfect when I do my makeup, mm -hmm. you know, absolute pristine perfection because that's where the makeup is you're making over yourself you know dressing up like a doll making yourself look like your fantasy you know what i'm saying so when i take that off um you know it's just me it's just raw it's very different but that's also why my beauty routine has changed because psychologically i don't want to see myself looking like someone that's so far apart from what i look when i'm mm -hmm. in my natural state because yeah. I don't want to look in the mirror and call myself beautiful when I'm looking like a completely different person. Like yeah. I'm looking like I'm looking like possibly a, my daughter. <laughs> so she can look like that, you know what I'm saying? So that's also two way I don't contour anymore like I used to. I used to like map out my face like Kardashian. I don't do that anymore. I just wear bronzer because mm -hmm. I, I just my makeup routine now more so is to enhance my beauty and polish me up and cover blemishes and cover my 
for correction, covering my eyes versus making myself up to right. look different and show up different. I don't care to have a snatched nose. I just bronze it mainly for photos mm -hmm. because when you, you don't want to have a photo and you don't have your face contour because it's going to look flat. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to look flat. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's just like and again, you know, all these all these enhancers and, and makeup and hair, clothes, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. you can't take it with you. You know, at the end of the day it's mm -hmm. just like beauty in the beauty routine is something that can really be used for an advantage. Um and not necessarily to take advantage of people, just use an advantage of like you want to push a certain style. You want to push a message through mm -hmm. your beauty. I think I love it when I see um, fashion designers mm -hmm. who have uh, their, that look, like Betsy Johnson mm -hmm. really um, uh, instilled that. Um, I love Alexander Wang's mm -hmm. um, fashion. And he's someone who just like, he, he walks around like, the perfect human like clothing rack and i i hope this doesn't sound weird but he no. just like he he always wears like the middle part like hair he has very perfect like very beautiful porcelain skin mm -hmm. um he sticks to monochrome colors and just always like and with that he just always looks like a beautiful just kind of like sketch mm -hmm. almost it's just really really nice yeah. and i want um, i want to get to that one yeah. day and you know we're having fun we're young we're experimenting but I do want to get to, and I'm slowly getting to that mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, this is this is how I'm showing up. I know what looks good on me. Yeah, and that's that. And going back to what you were saying, I mean, there have there are a lot of people in this world who are shallow, like mm -hmm. 100. percent And there have definitely been times, and even still now, I'm sure when the world opens up, that I'll be put in this predicament again where I'm like okay I'm, I need to dress this type of way I need to do my makeup this type of way because I also know that mm, within my beauty routine and my rituals and the way I show up there's so much power and it's very influential especially mm -hmm. when you're dealing with men yes. and also too when you're dealing with women especially women who think highly of themselves because at the end of the day we are very judgmental <laughs> you know so when you see someone who looks a certain way and you're like oh she looks striking she looks beautiful this is the same way as if you're going to a business meeting with a High, like my grandmother, for instance, mm -hmm. who's a high, high level, exact, very strong black woman who's independent and super rich. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to a meeting with her and trying to impress her, I am going to make sure I'm wearing a power suit. I'm going to make sure I'm wearing a casual but sexy power suit and I'm not going to I'm going to have my hair very sleek because in that way I can influence her to be open to speaking to me and respecting me. Yeah. You know, I would not yeah. show, I know my grandmother, so I can show up like this and she'll, you know, she thinks I'm beautiful and she'll respect me, of course, but I would not show up like this with her to a meeting. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So is beauty and vanity shallow? No. Hell no. Nah. Can it be shallow? Yes. Be careful. There are a lot of, you know. <laughs> You don't let it get in the way of you loving yourself and you accepting and loving others. Mm, mm -hmm. I think that's where it gets risque, but no, fully indulge in that. Makeup is here for a reason. Yes. It, women started using it for a reason as a way to make themselves feel beautiful, but also to influence. Yes. 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 And yes. own your beauty routines and have fun and mm -hmm. you don't have to follow the trends. Just know what makes you feel confident, what makes you feel sexy, what yes. makes you feel most like you when you look in the mirror and stick to that when you find that. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Just, and whew, you do not have to follow the trends. No, especially with fashion because everybody ain't for everybody. Everything exactly. ain't for everybody. Girl. And everybody by body type. Yes. Fast mm -hmm. fashion is really dope. It's cool. It's great, you know, if you want to indulge a little bit in trends, but you don't want to pay a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, awesome. Definitely do it. But do not reimagine your whole wardrobe and mm -hmm. image just because someone is telling you it's cool. It's cool. Make yes, sure it's yeah. authentic to you. Alrighty, so we're going to wrap up this conversation with an oracle pool and today I am using my beloved Earth Warriors 
Oracle deck. And this deck is by Alana Fairchild. Um, Rise of the Soul Tribe and Sacred Guardians and Inspired Visionaries. So this deck has Native American themes and it's one of my favorites. It's so powerful and it's perfect for this topic. So we are going to start with a prayer. Yes. Dear God, dear spirit, dear guardian angels, dear ancestors, we like to thank you for the blessing of life. We like to thank you for our make, for our design, for our vigor, for our grace. And we'd like to ask you today for a singular message that will help us further step into our power, further embrace the divine, powerful feminine, regardless if we identify as male or female. Okay. So the card we have is the, would you say this is the Zikchel? Yeah. The Zikchel? I think so. Um, medicine of the Rainbow Jaguar. And basically it's this beautiful woman who is dazzled in feathers. Um, she's gone through metamorphosis because there's a butterfly over her head. And she has hummingbirds coming towards her center and at her heart there's a fierce jaguar and it's being showered in rainbows and yet she is it looks like she's holding at her um sacral chakra um the light the power the pussy power <laughs> god well you i ain't trying to disrespect no but, but it that's, look, it, it, yo, you see no. it you see it no she right in the mix. Uh. Yo, okay. spirit, spirit here. Spirit like, hey, <laughs> let me tell you how to, that walk. <laughs> tell you about female sexuality. Let me, let me tell you, honey. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love okay. It. So, medicine of the rainbow jaguar. I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, but the, the Zikjel protects you now as you transition from one life phase to the next. With her rainbow light, this guardian goddess instructs you on how to use great power with wisdom to nourish only what is worthy. Worthy. I'm going to repeat that. With her rainbow light, this guardian goddess instructs you on how to use great power with wisdom to nourish only what is worthy. Mm. Using jaguar medicine with perfect timing, she confronts that which is unworthy of her devotion, eradicating destructive forces and creating space for healing, relief, and rebirth. Her presence is the wild power of the jaguar, the renewal promise of the rainbow and divine feminine creativity. All darkness shall be overcome. Yes. Spirit is here. Yes. All darkness should be overcome. All darkness shall be overcome. And I love what it says with why I repeated that quote is that the power is already within us. And it's a great power. Yeah. It's a great power. And in order to fully wield this power and to utilize it and offer it to the world and step into it we have to be wise we have to be deliberative and even strategic you know they talk about perfect timing but i like what it says right here basically with it saying only nourishing what is worthy worthy is like with only nourishing what is worthy, it's like, I only got time for, I, I'm deleting whatever ain't worth my time. Like, mm, mm. I'm selective with my energy. You know, you have the power to be selective with your energy. Ooh, I think that speaks a lot about sexuality. Yes. And uh, yeah, and a lot about maybe even boundaries and mm -hmm. choosing battles, especially when it comes to your sacral chakra. Yes, ma'am. So, yeah. I'm telling you, she's glowing. She's she's like, honey, uh -huh. it's an orb. 
It is a whole orb, y'all. The whole orb. <laughs> the aura. So um, we hope you take this medicine of the rainbow jaguar. Remember that at your heart, you're a fierce jaguar and that sacral, honey, that sacral is there. Ooh. It's magical and it's powerful and it's not just to give. Yes. You know, um, that's where a lot of your, your power lies and that's where you can tap into to be able to fully express your divine feminine, whether you're male or female. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> We love you guys, and thanks for listening. Love y'all. Bye. Bye.